By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. No, this is not KEZK. No, it's not. Beautiful <laughs> music. No, it's not KEZK. Shelly's going to be mad at me because of the fact that normally I don't play slow, sappy songs in this radio station. And that, exactly. And that is sort of a slow, sappy song. Okay, there's a reason for this. And the reason is that's a song by Dan Fogelberg. It's yeah. called Same Old Lang Syne. And yeah. the reason for this is I saw one of my friends on Facebook mention something about this song, and believe it or not, I have him on the phone right now. Are you ready for this, Shelly? Sure. Jim Buffero, good morning to you. Hey, Brad. How's it going? A guy I've known for a long time, a former radio guy who got smart and got out of the radio business. <laughs> well, some number of years ago, didn't you? How long ago was it? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot now. I've been out uh, probably longer. I've been out longer than I was in. Really? I think I've been out like 20 years now. Yeah. Wow. And I will say this not to embarrass you. One of the best newsmen I have ever met in my entire life. You, If you were in the newspaper business, you'd bleed ink. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, thank you very much. I, pre- now, I appreciate that. I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment. I got a dumb question for you, and I just thought of this. You worked at SIU. You worked at WSIE for a while, right? I did. Was Dr. Winter still there when you were there? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I reference Dr. Winter all the time because he was my journalism teacher, and he was tough. And I keep referring to the fact that if Dr. Winter was still alive today— he would not be happy with the state of journalism. And I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, uh, yeah. you know, we are both so old. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay. It's like, everybody's like, oh, my God, who are these two old guys? Yeah, two who old guys. Crazy? Okay, now, here's the story. You wrote this story about the background of the song, the Dan Folberg song I just played, Soul, Same Old Lang Syne. And the interesting thing about it is it's a true story, right? Yeah. Well, there's actually two stories. There's the story that he sings about. And then almost as interesting to, to me is the story about you know writing the story. So the first one is pretty easy. People who, <clears throat> who know this song know that it's true. Dan Fogelberg, 1965, is a freshman at Woodruff High School in Peoria. He meets a girl, Jill Anderson, 1965, also a freshman at Woodruff. They, they develop a friendship, a relationship. And then when they graduate from high school, they go their separate ways to separate colleges. And as, you know, long distance relationships go, you know, they kind of they, they kind of change a little bit. Distance, you know, sort of sort of gets in there in the way there. And they kept in touch, kind of. And then um, and that kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. And then one day. It was Christmas Eve, 1975. Dan has gone on and has got a pretty good music career going, and Jill has gone off. And they're both back in Peoria on Christmas Eve, and Jill goes to a convenience store to pick up some eggnog. And Dan picks up, is at the same convenience store, unbeknownst to, to Jill, and picking up some whipping cream for some Irish coffee that, he, that they're making for their, their family. <clears throat> and the two meet. And the story is exactly like this in the song. You know, met my old lover in the grocery store. And there, Jill will tell you she spilled her purse and all these things. They 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 sat in the car and had a six pack and 
and it was it's a great song and you know you were playing it a minute ago and i'm thinking how many people are like reaching for the kleenex box in their car you know it's right it's just it's just such a great song and yeah it is it is you know pretty sentimental but it's but it's a true story and uh i was lucky enough to be you know one of the few people who's actually had the opportunity to sit down with jill and and talk about the the story and and gosh you know i mean that that is the other interesting story if you want to hear about it well I, yeah um, first off so, i'm getting yeah. i'm getting a little bit of a strange noise are you moving your your microphone around i'm getting like a little bit of like like a like a like a like scratching okay. noise is this, is this a little bit better yes much better okay, okay. now okay. the okay. interesting part of this is this is somewhat local and it's local because dan fogelberg grew up in peoria illinois which is not too far from us correct right that's and, correct. and the lady who also grew up in Peoria, Illinois, lives in the St. Louis area, right? Yeah, so so this kind of is the heart of how this all came to be. So um, really, the, the, the man who gets the credit for sort of unearthing this story is a guy by the name of Phil Luciano, who's a great writer and a reporter, and I think he just retired this year from the Peoria Journal-Star newspaper. He knew uh, of this story. I'm not sure how he knew of the story, but he did. And... Um, he waited until Dan died, and ironically, tomorrow is the 15th anniversary of, of Dan Fogelberg's death. So he waited, and then he did the story after Dan died. Okay, so I read the story. I've always been interested in in the you know the the background of the story, and tucked away in his story was this little mention about you know she's now a school teacher in St. Louis, and I think they even mentioned the parkway school district so you know i'm out of media by this time and i'm interested and, and <clears throat> so i started sending you know a little like this link to people in st louis media that i still know knew and i said hey this is a really good story i couldn't get a bite for anything really nobody in st louis media was either either they never read my emails or they just blew it off or whatever and and they didn't do the story so <clears throat> by that time I'm blogging, said, well, heck, I'm going to give this a try. So I looked up the Parkway School District uh, website, and I saw their <clears throat> public relations people. And uh, I sent a note, just a blanket kind of a you know note to them, just sort of a blind note. And uh, Kathy Kelly, one of the PR people, got back in touch with me and said, this is a really good story. Let's see if we can pursue it. And the funny thing is by then, Jill, who was, a, I think, a second-grade teacher in the Parkway District, she had retired, so it was kind of hard getting a hold of her, but her son worked in the district. So Kathy contacts the son, the son contacts the mom, the mom contacts me, and we finally kind of hit it off and, and met at uh, Schneidhorst. Remember the old Schneidhorst oh, yeah, restaurant yeah, at, at yeah, Clayton and Lindbergh there, right, which yeah, is now torn down? Yeah, it's gone. Met there, and, and, and if, you've, if anybody who's, who's read the story that I wrote, the, the blog that I wrote, it happened exactly that way. I mean, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God, I hope I don't screw this up, because this, is, this could be a really good story, or we could just not hit it off at all. And, you know, she could hate my guts, and <laughs> it just goes nowhere. And the thing is true, too, that Kathy... Um, she did her homework on me before she pitched this to Jill. She said, I think the guy's pretty good. She, Kathy contacted like the five or six guys who don't think I'm a jerk. You have five or six? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, maybe it was only two or three. Who knows, you know? But she, she got a hold of those people. And so, you know, it all worked out. And, and here I'm about, I, I've just become a grandfather. And I know that, um, you know, as, as I'm corresponding with Jill, she was a grandmother. She hands me a card that says, you know, congratulations on being a new grand, uh, new grandfather. I'm like, 
okay, we're going to hit it off. I mean, this woman's never even met me and she's already buying me greeting cards. Wow. You know? so it was like, she's just such a, a, a wonderful person. She's a very private person though. And, uh, she has done a few of these interviews and I know she's been, she's been sort of asked by other media, you know, Oh, we'd love to do your story. I'm not, you know what? Done the story. It was part of my life. And she's kind of happy with the story that that's been told already that's out there. And, you know, God bless the internet. You can just um, slug my name or, or, or do a search, a Google search on her name and the story comes up. So yeah, it's, it's been a really, really fun experience. Well, now, and, 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 Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the interesting thing to me, I mean, the whole story is fascinating to me, but to me, the interesting thing about it is she had no idea he wrote this song and, and recorded it and she heard it and she goes, Oh my God, that's me. Right. Yeah, she was okay. So predating her experience as a teacher, she was a flight attendant for TWA. And in 1980, it's one of those, she's got an early morning flight and she's, she's driving in, you know, living in Chicago, I think. And and she's, you know, she's, you can imagine, I think we've all probably taken that run toward O'Hare airport at, at, you know, in the darkness of, of, uh, you know, the winter. And she hears this song and she says, well, that sounds like Dan. I haven't heard Dan in a while. And then she starts honing in on the lyrics and she goes, geez, this, this actually happened. And this is a song about me. And um, she really did keep it close to the vest and not even, you know, not even good friends knew that this was, was her story. So, you know, credit to her that she has been kind of close to the vest on the whole thing. Now, there's, there's a couple interesting things in the song, and you mentioned this in your article. Um, she talks about in the song... She talks about her eyes. He says her eyes were blue, but her eyes were actually green. Explain that. Well, you know, he always called her sweet Jill green eyes because of, you know, the song uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, right. I guess it is, by, by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, and he was a big fan. They were both big fans of that group, and so he just referred to her as Sweet Jill Green Eyes. Um but he said later, you know, that wouldn't work for the for rhyming in the song. So Dan played a concert and I don't know the year it was, you know, probably the 80s. And, and Jill is in the audience and Dan is a, a playing a concert. It's a Fox Theater. And and I go into detail in the article on this, but but basically she's she's there, she's with some neighbors and her and her husband and 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 they're trying to get a note into the the usher. Hey, you've got to get you know, the woman from the song is here, she's in the audience. So finally she convinced they convinced uh this this you know the people to get her backstage. And it was one of the first things Dan said is okay, I'm sorry, I I couldn't rhyme blue with you know so i or couldn't rhyme green so i had to use blue so yeah that's, okay yeah now there's one other question i have for you in there's a line in the song where they talk about and once again these are old lovers they're you know and once again it's christmas eve they're sitting in their car drinking beer and and he asked her about uh, her marriage she married she said he he married she married an architect which she did correct and yes but he but, says and she says something about you know, I asked her if he if you loved her and but she lied or something like that. How did that go over with her husband? Well, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest. First of all, I believe it was a a gym teacher and not an architect. I'm not quite I'm not quite sure. And I, I don't have the exact details on that. But you know what, Brad? I never went into it. I I, I... 
to me, that's a personal part of it and a personal part of her life. And, and we never even broached the subject. To be okay. I, would, I was just so, curious on yeah. that because because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if her husband hears this song, hey, honey, uh, is that song really true? Yeah. Well, you don't her, love me? <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? Her, her current husband, Jim, is is a, a good guy who has, is very good about all of this. And in fact, she told me that of the like three interviews that she's done on this story, um, one of them was a Dallas newspaper person who somehow got her husband's cell phone number and called him up and like interviewed him. Really? So, so, so he's good about it. They're good about it. I think, I think, you know, he's good about, uh, about this whole thing. Now, it's, it's, can, uh, yeah. can you give her name? Is it okay to give her name on the air or, oh, or is yeah. that what's Jill, Jill Grulick? Yeah, she's, it's, it's out there. You know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a secret and she doesn't hide from it. It's not as if she's a complete recluse, you know, about it. She just, she's just very a private person and, and uh, realizes this was a, a time in her life and it's a good story and the story's, you know, been told already. So she's, she's happy with where things are. We're talking with Jim Buffero who wrote an interesting article about the true story behind the Christmas song, because it is referenced to Christmas and it does play on KZK all the time. Right? You know what I'm saying? We don't play it. It's too slow for us, but, uh, Old, same old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg. Now, how did she end up in St. Louis? Because she's originally from Peoria. You know what? You, you and I are old guys. <laughs> I don't remember every detail as well as I should. Um, I, 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 she just, she, I'm guessing that she sort of uh, got out of the, the, the airline business about the time as TWA, about the time that Carl Icahn got in, yeah, if you know that, and, if you know that story and destroyed so, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of sums up a lot of, uh, a lot of it right there is, you know, she probably had an opportunity in St. Louis and, and so she took it. So, yeah, but she, she did, she made that transition. So, you know, sort of a dual career thing. So, so she graduated from college, became a stewardess, uh, and now we can't say it anymore, is a, a, a flight attendant on TWA. And then, and then she came to St. Louis and she taught, do you know how long she taught here in St. Louis? Uh, several years. I think it was a second grade teacher um, at at one of the elementary schools in Parkway. Again, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't I don't remember all the details that intricately of of uh, of you know that transition. So, how long ago was this interview that you met her? I met her four years ago, and uh, the the funny thing about this article, I mean, it's not widely publicized it's it's written on linkedin i do a blog and i do it on you know monthly and i do it on on linkedin primarily because it's frankly the easiest platform to do it it's it's mostly business related but you know, they don't seem to care as long as it drives traffic to their to their platform i don't think they really care a whole lot and it's gotten and they've stopped counting um because for some reason linkedin has cut the analytics portion of its of its uh um, articles, you know, going back a certain way, but I know that it got like 20,000 hits, 20,000 really? views over four years. So it keeps growing and it. And it's always this time of year, because if you do a Google search with my name and, and, you know, same old Lang Syne, it comes up and, and, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll shamelessly admit that I will kind of put it out there every year, just as a, just a nice little story to tell around the Christmas season. And as you did, and I saw it on your Facebook page, and that's why I called you on it. And and by the way, when I get done, uh, we get off the air this morning, I will chop this interview up 
and it'll be on our website, bs.show. You're going to send me the link to your article. I put that in the link, and the podcast will be up there as well, Do uh, Normally, yeah. we do one podcast that has the entire show. What I'll do is I'll do two this morning. I'll do one that has the entire show, and then I'll do a second version, which is just this interview. So that'll be on. Now, can I tell you my weird connection to this song? I'd love to hear it. I'm working the morning shift at KADI, my absolute positive worst job in radio, because I quit, I quit KSLQ uh that summer because of i was working for guess who pig vomit uh who ultimately became howard stern's boss at wnbc and he was horrible and what he did to a woman on the staff i literally quit on my birthday back in the day because of the fact that what he did to another on-air personality on a radio station won't go into it it's all long story so at two o'clock the next morning my phone rings it's richard miller Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Heard you're not with Q anymore. I want you to come to work with me. You're going to be my new morning star, my new morning star. Remember Richard Miller? You remember him, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So I worked mornings on KADI for five and a half months. I'm playing this song on Christmas morning on KADI. Richard calls me up and fires me (laughs) while I'm on the air. This song is playing. It was my last song. I got up and I left. So how's that for a weird part of the story? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Literally, Christmas morning, I'm on the air. I'm playing this song. He calls me on the phone, fires me. I get up and I leave. So you were reaching for the Kleenex box for a whole other reason, weren't you? Oh, my goodness. Strange. And and, and, and because anybody who knows Richard Miller would go like, yeah, that sounds like Richard. You know, what I mean, like, yeah. who gets fired on Christmas Day, especially when you're working on Christmas Day, right? I did. Yeah, well, you know, I live in Kansas City now. I mean, I didn't know that. A little, little closer to our, 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 my son and his wife and our grandkids. So, um, that's another story. Aren't we all getting old? We're talking grandkids now. Um, but I was, I was driving back from St. Louis this past weekend, and I'm like, you know what? I bet you I'll hear that song. And I'm flipping around the dial. I'm, I'm like you probably are. I'm like, you know, click, 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 next thing. Boom, there it is right at the beginning. So it's it, – and it's one of those songs, man. It's a very captivating song. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, hard, it's, it's hard to say, click, I'm moving on to a different song. You know I mean? I hear, I hear a lot of Christmas songs. And I'm like, like, I can't do the little drummer boy. I mean, right. I, would, I would I would jump out of an airplane if I heard that on the speaker <laughs> system, you know, but this but but this it's compelling. It's one of those where you're driving in like to the grocery store and it's just started. But you sit there in your car for three and a half, four minutes. Oh, no, you, you want to hear the rest of the song. It's five minutes and 16 seconds long. It's not a short song. It's the probably yeah, the, it's not a short song. It's probably yeah. the longest song I've played in the station in a long time. OK, yeah. look, I appreciate your time this morning if people want to get a hold of you jim buffero spell your last name for us it's b as in boy a f as in frank a r o and on linkedin i go by james so if you're on linkedin uh it's a it's a hipper sounding name than jim 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 is the guy who changes your oil at the, at the jiffy lube james is is a little hipper i think it's that's my it's my sad attempt to stay young and relevant you know and and back in the day when you were doing it a true journalist jim in one word describe the current state of journalism i'll be nice i'll say disappointing <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's to the point yeah. where where you, especially with you having background, a huge background in news, working at Camoax and things like that, it's to the point where sometimes I just shake my head and I think to myself, man, 
what the hell happened? You know, yeah. <laughs> just. Well, I, I tell you what, man, this is why I watch old Andy Griffith episodes instead of the news. <laughs> <you know? laughs> okay, Jim, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. and, and hey, I, it was I, great. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad you're doing well. It was great to talk to you. It was great to touch base again. Okay, shoot me uh, shoot me uh, the link to your story. You can text it to me, and, and, and I'll probably have everything up by 9 o'clock this morning. Very good. Thanks a lot. It was great to talk to you, and Merry Christmas. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You still there, Shelley? Of course I am. Was that interesting or was that, that stupid? That was a cliffhanger. Yes, and he has got like the best voice. Oh, yeah. He was a good news guy. You know, God, he was so good. You know, and I mean, he was a news nut. I mean, like... like a news nerd? Well, yeah, like to the 10th degree. I'm surprised you didn't ask him. So how has your degree helped you? Well, you know what he did after, it's interesting, after he got out of the radio business, the news, and he was, I think he was doing TV news as well, too. He worked for Boeing for a long time. He was one of their, uh, one of their spokespeople. I used to, I used to see his, his stuff all the time because he was, you know, like whenever there was something, you know, that happened with, he was like the official spokesperson for Boeing. He was like their, I guess today he would be called, back then it was a PR person. Now it would be called, he was their one of their comms person. That's what they call him now, comms, communications oh. people, comms, but sharp guy. And, I mean, I've always loved that song. And you and I have talked about this because of the fact that it's what what I say is wrong with country music because country music used to be storytelling. You know what I mean? Most country songs tell a story until Florida Georgia Line came along and then say, hey, babe, sit next to me in my truck. Put your pretty little pig toenails up on my dashboard. Let's go down by the river, get stuck, and we'll go skinny dip, right? And that's every song. And I got my 34-inch tires and... You know, and you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. There, you know, there is almost a week that goes by that you have not been able, that you have um, not missed a chance to interject pretty pink toes on the dashboard. It's in every. In your conversation. It's in every floor. In Florida Georgia Line, matter of fact, they have a contract with their record company. I've oh, read clause 52A uh, says every that, song has that. to have a line about, hey, babe, put your you know pretty little feet with your pink pony- toenails up on my dashboard. You think, see, you don't listen to country music much because if you did, you would say, we think that's in, uh, that's in that song, that song, that song, that song. You can name the songs right at the top of your head that have the same line. It I may used not... to listen to country back in the 80s and early 90s. Well, that's when, when that was, well, I want to say that's when it was good because it's it's had some resurgence. But what happened to it was bro country. I mean, I'm telling you. And and that was the Florida Georgia Line thing. And it used to be to the point where country singers, they wore a cowboy hat and they wore boots. Now they wear a snapback hat backwards and they wear tennis shoes. I'm going like, dude, that ain't country. You know what I mean? That's, that ain't country if you that, ain't wearing boots. That's right, right. Put the boots on. Do the Brad Paisley thing. Put the hat on. You know, I don't care if you're bald. You know, put the cowboy hat on. Do the country thing. Okay. Right? Yep. We have to take a break. It is uh, 7. What time is it? 7.31. I'm late on this break. Okay, 7.31. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.